You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. And yeah, it's kind of foggy today. I had a little bit of a rough ride coming into town, squinting over the steering wheel, but I made it all right. Ready to bring you the best and latest in trans and gender non-conforming community news for Mianjin. Ah, uh, yeah, we've got a pretty cool episode today. I have a special guest, also a good friend and former co-worker on Z Games, which is also on 4ZZZ, Rani Tesserim. We're going to be hanging out and we're going to be talking about queer identity and culture and both our Indigenous background as well. And then later in the episode, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about a zine that I have been reading. It's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. It's about queer masculine identities. It was published by Deify. So I'll be talking about a zine, which may be some flashbacks to Artcart when it was on this time slot. So there you go. Some crossovers there. But first up, as per usual, is the week in community news and events. So we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. Mostly all this Friday. So this Friday seems to be a bit of a time, which is good because I would like a weekend to chill out. So on Friday, the 5th of August at the Wickham is Femme, which is a, your monthly drag space dedicated and curated by curated for AFAB non-binary and trans performers. This month, we're back again with shows from the incredible talents of Dyla Dyer, Enigma, Enigma Popstar, Lord Severus, Moose, Selma Sol, Sin Salute, and Willaheim Westwood. And there'll be also the incredible DJ Nisha there as well. And the doors are open from 7 p.m. Shows start from 7.45. You can check that one out. If you follow the Transmission Facebook page, at Trans Radio with a Z, you will have noticed that I put a photo up yesterday of Kai and I making some protest signs. That's because on Friday at 5.30 p.m. in Brisbane Square, which is the top of Queen Street Mall, is a rally to stop transphobic discrimination and end the exemptions. What that is in relation to, so Queensland is the only state to allow employers to discriminate against gender diverse and transgender people when working with children. Legal exemptions to anti-discrimination law make this possible. So we're rallying to say to Palaszczuk that they, these laws need to be fixed. It's bigotry. The event does actually have a link to a Guardian article, which I'll just read a little bit from that now. Queensland's Anti-Discrimination Act allows for discrimination on the basis of lawful sexual activity or gender identity, if it is reasonably necessary to protect the physical, psychological, or emotional well-being of minors in the workplace. Sex workers can also be discriminated against on the same basis. Matilda Alexander from Rainbow Families Queensland says the provision needs to be amended as it furthers harmful myths about LGBTIQA plus community members being that they are posing a risk to children. Michael Cope, president of the Queensland Council for Civil Liberties, has said he doesn't see any good reason why the clause should remain. There's no basis to the proposition whatsoever. The acts have been in place for 30 years, and after 30 years, it's probably time for a review. Yeah, I agree. And so does Kai, and so does the rest of the transmission team. So we're going to be at Brisbane Square on Friday at 5.30 p.m., yeah, so that's where we'll be protesting that. I'm making signs. 
you can check out my signs on uh, the Transmission Facebook page. There's also going to be a link up on the Facebook page that will also share all the events that I'm talking about today, as well as some extra stuff from the episode. Yeah. I would like to just have a quick moment to discuss... I know that there's been like a lot of talk about it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it. The issue with NRL and the rainbow jerseys. So I know there's been like a lot of not so great media around it, but PFLAG actually made a post on Facebook and I thought it was worth mentioning that I won't read the whole post because there's quite a lot there, but there were seven players that stepped out and went, you know what, I don't want to wear this rainbow jersey, but there are still 17 players that are going to be wearing that jersey. And hopefully that can shift some of the attention. I know that it's not always ideal as a member of the LGBTIQA plus community. You know, we get kicked around like a football a lot, especially in media, in political spaces, in general discussion. But there are teams and people out there willing to make a difference and willing to stand up even if they're not part of that community. And that's what a real ally is. Someone that's willing to put themselves in our shoes and represent us where we can't be. So I would like to have a moment to thank the players that are making that difference because for young kids out there, for our trans and gender non-conforming kids and our LGBTI teens and all that, they all want this representation. And so as much as Manly have taken a lot of flack, it's also someone has to do it. And I'm glad that it's happening. So yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say on that fact. We are going to go to some music now, some local music actually. This is Love Anarchy by Damien Let's go. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. You were just listening there to a song called Stand Up uh, by Tom Morello, Sheer Diamond, Dan Reynolds, and the Bloody Beach Roots. Before that, you were listening to uh, Shamir with a song called Cisgender. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm hanging out with a good friend. I'm going to introduce them now because I, I feel like giving a good intro. <laughs> so, Rani Tesserum is an... Ex- hey, that's me. That's just you. That's me. Yeah. What's your pronouns? She, they. She, they. Yeah. Rani is a Zed Games extraordinaire <laughs> on 4ZZZ, good friend of mine, also the photographer for Transmission and takes a lot of photos around 4ZZZ as well. They're a creative. They write poetry and they read millions of books. They're musician. They sing as well and they play violin and you do so many things. Too many things. Yeah. Too many things. Way too many things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, way too many things. And then and then somehow I still get bored. I like run out of things to do and I'm like, ah. Possibly neurodivergent as well. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Everyone, everyone's allowed to have many hobbies and crafts and things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're talking today about our history with being queer and what it means to the w- ways that we've been raised as mm-hmm. well, including not just our ancestral backgrounds, but also where we grew up. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, you know, a little <laughs> bit more about that? Okay, okay, okay. So we'll start with, first of all, the accent is uh, American Australian something or other. I don't even know. <laughs> but my sort of ancestry is that I have on my mum's side, we have 
ties to the Wiradjuri Nation in central New South Wales, around the Wagga area. That is us. And my dad is Indian, Fijian Indian. So he was born in Fiji, and then he moved to Australia when he was 13, which is coincidentally the age I was when we moved back to Australia. I'm a Queenslander, though. I was born in Queensland. Queenslander. I am a Queenslander. <laughs> I was born in northern Queensland, so that's that. But I did start school in Melbourne, so we won't hold that against me. No, I we guess. won't. We love Nam. It's cool. <laughs> um, but when I was five, my parents, because they're real smarty pants, picked us up and moved us all the way over to the United States. So that's where I get my little accent from. It also might just be because I can't hear properly, <laughs> like just a little bit deaf. But we moved to a place called Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is quite possibly, I think, yeah, you, you could say it. it. Oklahoma is the place with sort of the largest, one of the largest, if not the largest, Native American population in America. So I grew up around a lot of Native Americans. I had a lot of Native American friends. I've been to powwows. I have experienced those things one of my biggest sort of mentors in terms of like my piano and my music is actually he's a he's a native american composer yeah he makes amazing music so good in terms of like i don't know i feel like we chatted about this before like, yes it comes to identity like because i <laughs> identify as non-binary and it took me a while to figure out what that was but i was eight in my, my elementary school playground, running around with the, the boys because I didn't really have any female friends. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. <laughs> I didn't connect with them. I couldn't connect with a lot of the girls. I always knew that I was, I'm not a girl, but I don't want to be a boy. But I didn't know what that, like, I was eight. Yeah, I yeah. What, I was, I just, I don't understand, and so I didn't really think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. I never corrected people. Like when I was a teenager, I cut most of my hair off. So it was really short and I definitely could pass as a boy sometimes. And I was 14. So like my voice being as high as it was, wasn't unusual for like a boy because I looked like a 12 year old boy. And so I would never correct people in the supermarkets when mom would have my brother and I and they'd be like, oh, do your sons want to try whatever food sample they had? Mm -hmm. And mom sometimes would correct them. And then sometimes she just wouldn't and I never had an issue with it because I never corrected them I was just like like, I don't care it's like like, cool yeah I'm a boy free food whatever (laughs) and it wasn't sort of until like I was maybe 16 that I was like oh I can use they them pronouns and then I was like it doesn't feel right to just be they them because for you know so much of that I was like I feel like I'm giving up that side of me that is a woman and is inherently you know is proud of the fact that mm. I have female at birth and yeah. proud of the fact that my body has the ability to grow life yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So I was like, well, I don't want to fully give that up. Yeah, right. And so I didn't. So I keep my she pronouns and I have she, they pronouns. Yeah. Most people also just slightly are more comfortable using she, her pronouns for me than they are with they, them. And I really don't care because I'm comfortable in myself. I know how I identify. She, they, I have friends that purposefully choose to use they, them pronouns because they know that not many people use that. And Mm. I'm just like, I love you. God bless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is yes. But I, I get the same sort of level of empowerment out of the she, her pronouns as well. And I yeah, right. Like, yeah, I sort of, so with my experience with they, them, because I identified as non-binary for a couple of years. Yeah. And then 
it didn't really, it didn't do anything for me. Mm. It didn't definitely didn't, you know, make me feel weird or anything. It just wasn't doing anything for me. I didn't feel like a sense of validation in my identity. And I didn't feel like I was being truly seen. But I was also, I I really did not like being associated with she, her. So, and I knew that. I knew what I didn't like. Yeah. I certainly, I was trying to figure out what I did like. And that's also like a totally fine and good place to be for anyone. If you, if you're like exploring your identity now out there or whatever you're doing, you know, just trying on some stuff is totally cool. You can try like, Hey, I want to try this name for a bit, or I want to try these pronouns for a bit. Just test it out and see how you feel. You can totally change your mind. Yeah. It's your life. It's your identity. So you're, you're entitled to express that how you will. And I did that recently for a a long time. And I will like, I'll, I don't, I don't really care if I dead name myself, but like I will Rani is the name I was given. Rani is the name that I've kept. But for a long time, I didn't like it because it means queen. And I thought that it was just aggressively feminine. Right, right. <laughs> and also people like mispronounce it all the time. Uh, I was given the nickname Django by like a kid at a theater camp that I used to teach at. I was a camper and then I, I taught them. Mm-hmm. And so I was given the name Django by a kid. I don't know. They thought that was my name. And I went by Django for a long time, and I would, like, use Rani and Django interchangeably. There was a point in my life where everybody knew me as Django. Sort of recently, I came to the conclusion that the name itself was associated with a time in my life that I really just needed to let go of. Yeah. And so I did. I had all of you guys calling me Django for a while, and I was just, actually, no. I need to take a step back and I need to recenter with myself. I played around with, oh, maybe I'm gender fluid. And then I was like, no, that doesn't seem right because that feels too much like being one gender and then not, and then the other and like, and then like in between. And that just, that wasn't wasn't right for me. That wasn't like, that Mm. wasn't it. I was just like, I am, what gender are you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What gender are you? No. (laughs) It was that sort of thing. Like. And so so that was a big thing for me. And I knew that in the Hindu culture, because my dad's family is Hindu, the gods, there's plenty of stories of the gods changing genders or being androgynous or just sort of swapping between the two or being neither or anything like that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I, I associate with that and I'm happy with that. And then there was the other side of me that was raised sort of like, you know, I went to a private school, which most private schools are affiliated with the church and I was very very lucky to be at a private school that was affiliated with the Uniting Church which is probably one of the more open churches yeah right Um, it was like the only church that allowed gay ministers and and all that it's also an Australian specific denomination of like Christianity so I was really lucky to have uh, a school chaplain that didn't care about any of that and and made a point of of saying you know if you're in the queer community you're welcome in this space and that mm. it doesn't like whatever other churches are saying like that doesn't matter that's not what we believe i was also really lucky to have at an all-girls school like teachers that recognized that i was super uncomfortable in dresses mm. and gave me the option to wear the sports uniform because most girls schools still don't let you wear pants um, yeah, you wear potato sacks. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think I are. <laughs> and so, you know, and I, d- I didn't 
because I was like on assembly too much. I was doing too many like forward facing things. It's fine. I can wear the dress. It's not inherently making me want to like dissolve into into thin air or anything <laughs> like, like fade that. into the background. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It's not making me so inherently un- uncomfortable, but there was a point in my life where I could not wear dresses without pants on. Yeah. And even through high school, I would always wear like board shorts under my dress so that I was like, I'm wearing pants. It's okay. That sort of thing. And it wasn't until I like became an adult that I was like, yeah, I can wear dresses. That's fine. Yeah. I I could never wear skirts. Like skirts actually mm. bothered me more than dresses. I know that sounds really weird. I, I just, I think there was something about, because a skirt, you can sort of pick it up a little bit over your stomach and spin yeah. it around. Yeah. And I, I just really, that Something really upset me. Something about, like, the, being able to move it. Yeah, and, like, it's not hula pants, hooping but is it's the same. not a dress. Yeah, hula like, hooping. I think it must have been, like, the spinning around the stomach. I don't know. Yeah, weird. I have no idea. But, yeah, when I was identifying as a woman, you know, dresses were not my choice at yeah. all, but skirts were even further. Like, I've literally still... Like, I think after I finished primary school, I've just, like, never worn a skirt ever again. Yeah, you're like, no, um, not nope, for me. That can Sorry. stay away. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should have been an in- indication of something. But with regards to, like, culture and stuff, because yeah. uh, you, you were saying with Hindu cultures and, and, and their gods as well that they can change gender. And this, there's a lot of that throughout history and lots of indigenous cultures around the yep. world where genderless gods and or gender changing and, and fluidity is very normal. And like in South American indigenous cultures, there's, you know, there's the tradition, the one that's most popularly known, which is the sun god, which yeah. is Aztec, Incan. And, and a lot of South America still have roots and ties to the sun gods. And my indigenous background is Charua people in Uruguay and Argentina and sort of the south end of Brazil as well. All of that is all-encompassing land and the sun and praising the sun for providing life. But also there's... The indigenous community in South America, very, very similar to North American indigenous mm-hmm. communities. That they were cousins, they had a trade route, yep. you know, they all they all knew each other. And they also had at least five genders yep. that we know of for a lot of these indigenous communities over there, which is really cool. And the same I think with like Indian history in India, trans people were considered holy yep. and sacred. And then colonization came on in and eradicated and so, no, that's weird yes yeah yeah and, and also that sort of like if you were intersex as well like that that mm. they, they all sort of cultures before ah, what the the white people no it's not. <laughs> 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 i have so much flack with that side of my family and it's like really conflicting because you know obviously there's a good chunk of my my heritage that is also just you know white european mm-hmm. but yeah it it just sort of you see like the the culture shift and and India still is so very much um, British. Yeah, it's it's was heavily affected. Yeah, um, uh, and mm. and it still is. And like I've never been to India, and I've only been to Fiji sort of once or twice. But and our family is sort of more Fiji and Indian in terms of like culturally, mm-hmm. and the the type of Hindi we speak is like the Fijian Hindi, which is not if we spoke our Hindi to an Indian that speaks Hindi from, like, India. Yeah. They would understand us and we would understand them, but it would be a bit uh, the different colloquialisms between, like, the British and the American and the Australian. And so oh, like, right. there are some things that are not quite... Not quite... Like it. thongs. Yeah. Or like <laughs> yeah, jandals like, ah! in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. Mm. And then in terms of, like, with 
my Wiradjuri culture, like many of sort of my brothers and sisters, we are only getting a chance to reconnect to the culture now as as adults. Mm. And so there's a lot that I don't know and haven't learned and would be willing to learn. But also, I'm just sort of like have resigned to the fact that I haven't been able to, as an adult, like visit country and and sit on country and be with elders and all of that. Mm. And that, yeah, it brings like a great sense of sadness to me in terms of like, I I can't connect with that Mm. side of my culture as much as I would like to. But at the same time, I know that that is like a like that's a big part of our family history. There's a reason for that, mm. and the reason for that is probably similar to the reason for you know why my family ended up in Fiji. And lo and behold, it has to do with the British. And I'm just like mm. ripping the tail mm. of it as I say the British. But um, I think I'm I'm lucky in terms of my parents have never really had an issue with it. But I also never came out to mom and dad as saying that I was non-binary right because for me it was never a thing in terms of like I had felt this way since I was little it was like unspokenly known yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I there are photos of me as a kid because I refused to let my parents dress me as soon as I could communicate what I wanted to wear I was communicating what I wanted to wear and I was like, there are photos of me as a kid where my brother has gone, who's that little boy? And I'm like, ah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, thank you so much for sharing your thank story. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have you back sometime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me on a Tuesday and a Thursday now. Yeah, yeah. You can check out Zed Games. It's every Thursday at 6 p.m. on 4ZZZ. My old passion and love. Zara's the producer of that show. Zara is also a really proud non-binary Indigenous person as well. I love them. I love you all. If you'd like to listen back to any of the previous episodes of Transmission as well, uh, you can head over to 4 Z's on-demand website. It'll be on our Facebook too, at Trans Radio with a Z. You can click our link there and it takes the podcast and all those things, all the buttons. Yeah, it's cool. We're now going to listen to a song. Do you want to tell us what the song's about? Ooh, I picked this song. It's called Devil's Advocate. It's by Platonic Sex, which are a Meandrin-based band. Yeah, it's about mansplaining, pe- people who mansplain. Yep, I'm all about this. Let's go. <laughs> Platonic Sex, this is Devil's Advocate. I'm not sure why you'd think I'd owe. You were just listening there to I'm All That's Left by Unentitled. Before that, you listened to Platonic Sex with their new track, Devil's Advocate. My name is Ez. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. <sighs> I use he, him pronouns, just in case you're wondering. Today on Transmission, we've been having some fun. I'm now going to have a chat about a zine that I have been perusing and reading and enjoying. It's by Deify. It's a queer masculinities zine. It's free. I will be putting up a link on the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. You can click on the link there and follow Deify as well. This whole zine, I'm just going to like sort of encapsulate a little bit and share a little bit of my thoughts on it because it's really, really good. It's beautifully done. It features lots of different types of work. It's not just like a very, like a specific kind of zine that maybe is like comic style or just poetry or whatever. It's like a combination of stuff, including interviews. I'll just read a little of the blurb. 
So Queer Masculinities is a snapshot of the flourishing, challenging, real experiences of constructing masculinities outside of white and cis-heteronormative expectations. This zine features the interviews, artworks, poems, and images of nine QTI-BI POC living in Nyangawal, Nyangwal, Ngambri, Kurana, Wadri, Bunarong, Gadrigal, Turbal, Yagara, and Akokisa land. Through these works, we reimagine and redefine for ourselves what it means to be joyfully queer, BIPOC, and masculine. The zine, I'm gonna read, uh, sorry, the zine, zine, I'm gonna read also like the little blurb that's at the beginning of it. It was re- really well written. While perceptions of masculinity are often entwined with Western and cis-heteronormative understandings, we thought to take this opportunity to emphasize the various ways masculinities can be understood and experienced. This scene compiles nine lived experiences of masculinity by individuals who both identify as queer, intersex, and or transgender, as well as black, indigenous, and or person of color. The submissions describe both the flourishing lives of our community as well as the challenges. Most importantly, they're real. As a zine, collective, and community, we hope to reimagine and redefine what masculinity is expected to entail. Yeah, it is brilliant. It was very heartwarming. There are some there are some pieces of art that are just stunning and very moving. There's a particular interview with Malcolm XY, which sort of touches on a little bit of their experience living in South Africa and then moving to Australia and then back again and then back here again and how gender for them and in th- back uh, in Africa, originally before colonization, what that meant was there was sort of gender neutral clothing, like all clothing was for everyone. They didn't even really have a language that encompassed gender. It was all neutral. And then colonization happened and eradicated a lot of that and changed, you know, irrevocably the face of that continent and many others. Uh, But it's such a beautiful story of how these, there are such beautiful stories in this zine called Queer Masculinities, in case you're wondering, that talks about toxic masculinity being a, childbearing dad as well and what that experience is like seahorse dad is a common term that is used which is cool and talks a bit about like what those experiences are like and what kind of medical challenges we go through and it's really really beautiful i implore you to check it out yeah it's that'll go up on the transmission facebook page at trans radio with a z i believe that deify who've published this as well put this who've curated this incredible zine uh, always open to hearing more stories so you can always message them and contact them to if you'd like to share a story as well yeah check that one out we're going to listen to one more track and then i'll come back and say goodbye this one does have a language warning i'm giving you a language warning now because there is language in the title of the track this one is by key dash queen of this shit it's awesome it's a bit of a banger see you in a second Bitch, I'm on top now. Where your funds at? Click, click, bell. Where your guns at? Shit, yeah, really. I'm the queen of this shit, bitch. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. You were just listening there. Queen of this shit by Key Dash. My name is Ez. Uh, I use he, him pronouns. 
Thank you for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Transmission. If you liked anything you heard today, you can head to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. We've got podcasts up there. You can listen back to some of our other stuff. You can also listen back on demand. So you keep all the music and it's our live broadcast. And there's also, with the podcast, we do edit out the music for reasons. But you can also, you know, select exactly what segment you'd like to listen back to if there's a particular topic that we discussed that you found interesting. We also post throughout the week. We put things up. Yeah, there's heaps, heaps to love about our show. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4 Z.